Want to stream cognitive dissonance to your Android or iPhone? Buy the app. Go to dissonancepod.com and click on the link on the right-hand side of the page. Each purchase helps support the show. Hello, this is episode 106 of Cognitive Distance. Just in case you thought. Yeah, this is Tom. This is Tom in the Mobile, Alabama. I've been here listening to you talking about Scalia. Well, this is the same man who did descent from the um, Lawrence versus uh, Texas, which struck down Texas sodomy laws, and recently said it is certainly within the rights of the state to um, legislate against sodomy because that is a um, dangerous part. This man is fixated on the on the yeah, it's Hey, you fuckers. Glory hole. Hey, uh, I just wanted to let you know what the stupidest thing I ever prayed about was. Uh, when I was a kid, the neighbor next to us had a very nice collection of fishing poles. I prayed that that man would die so that I could have his fishing poles. He eventually died, which I thought my prayer was answered, but uh, he didn't will his fishing poles to me. So I was kind of confused about that. My prayer was answered, the man died, but he didn't will his fishing poles to me. So I was, it was a confusing time in my life. Hey, Tom and people, this is Mira from Massachusetts, and I wanted to share a fun antonym Celia fact with you. So in 2003, the Supreme Court ruled in Lawrence v. Texas that laws banning consensual sex acts between adults were unconstitutional. Of course, Scalia dissented, and he predicted that the majority's decision would mean that states could no longer ban bigamy, same-sex marriage, adult incest, prostitution, masturbation, adultery, fornication, sexuality, and obscenity. That's right. Scalia thinks that the state can legislate against masturbation and fornication. He's a super clown. Glory hole. Keep it up. Thanks very much. Bye. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome out. We are recording live, and then later editing it. (laughs) (laughs) We're also, we want to point this out too, we're also recording on the first. So we released on the first, and we're recording on the first, because this week in America, for all you people that are not American, is kind of a crazy week. So it, it is, and it's Canada Day today. It is. If you happen it is. Oh, Canada. to be Canadian, it's oh, Canada, it's Canada Day. Day so, eh? Eh? so you have to drink Labatt yeah. Blue and like <laughs> swing Blue. a beaver at a maple tree It'd or be something. Really, really nice to people. <laughs> you just have to be aggressively polite. 
which is no different than all the other Canada days. <laughs> and this is episode 106. I don't understand why we have to build a ray gun to aim at a planet I never even heard of. Don't blame me. I voted for Kodos. Go! So, Cecil, the first story we're going to talk about is from uh, The Guardian. Um, and, uh, wait, is it from The Guardian or is it from fucking CNN? Both of them. They're both on there. It's from CN Guardian. Guardian NN. <laughs> <laughs> when they merge her, they should be Guardian NN. That'd be awesome. Uh, man behind NSA leaks says he did it to safeguard privacy, liberty. Um, we wanted to talk. We wanted to spend some time talking about the uh, Prism uh, NSA Snowden scandal shenanigans debacle, linking to a specific article, and we certainly will do it. Um, we'll link to a couple of articles that we used. Um, I mean, if you haven't been following this story, then you haven't been following any stories. Like, it is not yeah. possible for you not to know at least a little bit something about this. But um, basically, uh, Edward Snowden uh, was working as a uh, uh, contractor for a, um, a security company with the NSA. And uh, he leaked some information basically showing that uh, the NSA has been taking a great steaming pile all over our Fourth Amendment rights, Cecil. Yeah, you know, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't start with them. Um, the Patriot Act tore away a lot of our rights, yeah. and I think the Patriot Act sort of empowered this to happen. So when we bitch about this and we get upset about this, we've got to recognize that this sort of thing has been going on for a while. Uh, and it's been we've been losing our rights slowly as time goes on. And uh, and I want to make some clarifications early in this because, you know, you and I both have come out as sort mm -hmm. of anti-privacy in some ways. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about being in the public sphere and what happens to you when you're in the public sphere. And if you're if you're in on camera and we talked about drones flying overhead and things like that. And we we did, we really didn't care so much. We were like, yeah, that's OK. And I think that this is very different, though. And I want to make some distinctions between what's going on then and what's going on now. Uh, when we talk about privacy, you know, when we're in the public sphere, I really do feel like I should expect no privacy outside. Well, I think, you know, we talked about how kind of creepy that can be and how weird it can make you feel. You know, you are in the public sphere and you you can't expect that, that people are going to not have a photo of you or a video of you or whatever, recordings of your voice, whatever it is. But when we start getting into the private sphere and we start getting into your homes, we start getting into your inboxes, we start getting into your mail, these are things that should be sacred in some way. Uh, you know, this is this is where we need to put up, uh, you know, the wall and say, look, we're not interested in the government coming into our inboxes, digging around. And I know that there's the there's the the things that they're saying is they're looking for metadata, right? They're looking for terms and words and things that would, you know, help them. But one of the things that Snowden says that I think is so poignant is he's talking about what they can do after the fact. So uh, let's say I, I run afoul of the law in some way, or even I'm falsely accused in some way of terrorism or something. They can go back and start looking at all my things that right. I've written. And they can start piecing things together. There's a reason those things are private. There's a reason certain things can only be brought up in court. There's a reason why there's a statute of limitation on things. You know, like these are there are reasons for this. I, I can't imagine 
how easy it would be to make a narrative of someone's life if you have all of the contents laid bare. Well, look, you piece together a cogent show from the nonsensical bullshit I spout (laughs) once a week through the magic of narrative editing, right? I mean, and and you do this. You do digital storytelling and editing and that sort of thing, you know, with, with your work frequently. If if you have, I mean, the power to edit is one of the greatest powers in narrative creation available to somebody. And, you know, <clears throat> I get and I, I send and receive for my work. If you were to tap into my work email, five, six hundred messages a day, you know, right around. Um, be pretty easy to, to create a narrative out of that. Um, start going through this show, the notes that we create for the show, sure. the jokes that we tell for the show, transcribe the jokes to remove the tone and inflection, take them out of context and piece how them about, together. And what how do you have? about some of the stuff that wound up on the cutting room floor? Because they, they would have access to right. that. They have because they have to access to the raw files. This is on Skype. Yeah. There's no reason to think that this wouldn't be completely accessible. You know, and, and the point is, and, you know, I was listening to Common Sense. I was listening to Dan Carlin. If you guys don't listen to Dan Carlin's Common Sense, you should give it a shot. It's an amazing show. It's a great show. Um, and one of the things that he said, and he said it a long time ago, and it stuck with me, and he said it again, um, is it's, it's not so much about what they're doing with the information now. Right. It's about what they might do with the information later. You know, it's, it's all well and good that we don't live in a police state today in 2013. It's all well and good even if you happen to be one of the people who trusts your leaders and trusts the, the NSA and trusts the people in charge. Um, that's great. But as soon as you grant those powers to your government, um, you never get to take them back. You never, yeah. ever get those, those powers back. And you might not trust the next guy. What if the next guy in charge just wants to take a little bit more, wrest a little bit more control um, and privacy and freedom out of your hands? And then the next guy takes another 10%. And the next guy takes another 10%. Well, look at what happened, Tom, with the Occupy. When they started, they right. looked like they were starting to talk about those people as like enemies of the state. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, right. this is a this is a protest. This is, you know, this is sort of what we're about over here. And they're, you know, making rumblings about being, you know, I mean, could you imagine if the next guy says, no, those are people that are, those, those guys are terrorists. You know, well, and now that, what? Yeah. Now you get to, now you get to make a narrative of all the shit that they've said back and forth. Yep. You know, and, and that was, it's interesting because that was one of the, um, one of the points that was brought up in one of the two articles that we're going to, we're going to link to, um, you know, was was that during the Occupy protests, there, you know, w- what would happen if there was another uh, massive anti-war movement, um, you know, like there was during the Vietnam War? Let's say, you know, some some crazy shit happens. And the United gets embroiled in a war. I know. How yeah, could I know. It happen? It's, it, look, it's out of left field. There's a chances of that happening. Tom are so infinitesimal. But, you know, if something like that were to occur. Um, and, and, and an anti-war movement were to accompany that action. Uh, who's to say that those people couldn't be very readily and easily labeled as, you know, un-American or, you know, on surveillance or aiding and abetting the enemy? And, you know, these aren't this, this isn't pie in the sky shit. This is stuff that actually is happening. Um, you know, the the FBI had informants working within the Occupy movement. That's well known. They didn't you didn't even try to hide that. You know, they had plants. They had people. Um, the, the same thing is true of, you know, what they deem radical environmental groups. You know, so 
the government already works to infiltrate groups and organizations that they feel are, uh, you know, subversive in some way or that pose some kind of risk. Um, and now that they can go through my emails, they can go through, they can decide after the fact if you belong to one of these groups. They can decide after the fact if you are sympathetic to an organization that uh, maybe they, they don't want you to be sympathetic toward. And I, and I hate using that they. You know, I hate that shit. I know. Me too. I, I really do. And I don't think, I, I really don't think that the data that was gathered was gathered with ill intent or malicious intent. I do think that the, the information that was gathered was gathered with probably all the best intentions to keep, a, keep people safe. But safety doesn't trump liberty. No. And that's an important distinction. And that's, and that's, I think that's the heart of the argument. I think that, you know, people were making when the Patriot Act was passed and people are still making today when this, when they're talking about this, I don't want to, I don't think that them keeping tabs on everyone's email or everyone's, you know, whatever internet activities, et cetera, et cetera, is going to make me any safer. They, there was an article that we, we read previously. We were talking about, you know, it's sort of the dissenting opinion. Because Tom and I, I think both of us have this feeling like we will come on sort of the side of, you know, I think sort of the liberal-minded people. But in, in this case, you know, this is more the libertarian stance. You know, like, don't, let's let's make sure that this is not happening, you know, whatever. But I think that a lot of people are coming down on this this side. So what we wanted to do is look at a, at a different side, because Tom and I both agree on how this is going down. And we read an article about it. And really, the person was saying, well, here's how they use the information. And I thought, well, that's fine, and that's all fine and good. But at one point, the person says, well, what they do is they create a Google account and then they put some details in, a, in an email and they don't send it anywhere. They just keep it in the email. And then they send a secure message to somebody to say, hey, here's the username and password to that thing. Go check it out, whatever. And then they go check it out and they're able to read the email, et cetera. But I keep thinking, like, you can send a username and password securely. Can't you just send, you know, uh, the rest of the, the, the message securely? I mean, is it is it that hard to you know, to expect that you would be able to send the rest of the message securely. And what, whatever happened to meeting face to face? Like, does that not happen anymore? Um, I don't know. Like, it just feels like it feels like why is there somebody on Google creating a Gmail account to, you know, to contact somebody else? It doesn't feel it doesn't feel like that's a valid threat. Yeah. You know, and I guess my my thinking is even if it is a valid threat. I'm willing to live with it. I'm, I'm willing to live with some sense of personal safety uncertainty in order to not sacrifice my, my civil liberties. Um, you know, you look at something like the attack in Boston. It was a terrible attack. You know, obviously a lot of people were injured. A couple of people were killed. Um, would it be better if that were prevented? Yes. Um, would I give up my Fourth Amendment right to make that not happen? No, I, I, w I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that, no. Um, it, it's, it's essential that we view our rights as rights, not and, privileges. You know, I got to say, you know, uh, that Boston thing happened. Right. It's not like yeah, it still the happened. gathering of information somehow stopped that from happening. Right, right. You know, and what they'll point to is is they'll say, well, you know, you don't know all the stuff that, that we stopped. It, well, you're right. I don't know. I don't know. And you can say you stopped 
all the bombings, right? You could just be like, I stopped all the bombings but one. There would have been 150 other bombings had we not done this data mining. And and I'll say, I don't believe you. I just don't. I don't think that this data mining, this data collection from American citizens is legal. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think that it stops these attacks in their tracks. And I think, to be perfectly honest, if it's harder for you to do your job, but I still have my rights, then it's harder for you to do your job, but I still get my rights. Buck the fuck up. Right. Do it better then. You know, like I, I don't, that's not an argument. For them to be like, well, it's harder for us to do our job. We'll just fucking hire more people. Do your job better. Yeah. You know, you get to fucking shit can all the people doing the network administrating. So now you get to save some money. This guy was making a three figure salary, a bunch of our six figure salary, a bunch of other people were making six figure salaries. So shit can them and start making some start paying for other types of information. You know, I understand and I recognize that the government is going to do some shady shit in order to find people that they that are going to trying to subvert them. I understand that they're going to try to do that. But I think it's the role of, you know, reporters and people like that when they find things like this out that they 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 come out and they show that this is, you know, that this is wrong and this is something that, you know, that we need to to pay attention to and we need to stop. And lately, I want to say maybe like the last 10 years, reporters have become less and less the uh, the sort of defenders of democracy that they should be and have become more partisan and therefore have lost a lot of credibility. And I, I think that's a dangerous trend that we're involved in right now. We need whistleblowers like, you know, the WikiLeaks thing and this because the reporters just, you know, what if Fox News comes forward with something? You know, there's how many people out there that just write off everything Fox News says? They just because they just don't think it's worthwhile. Um, I think the partisanship is hurting us more than anything else in in that way. And I think that you know this is the new, this is the new, this is the new trend. Expect more whistleblowers in the future because I just don't think the reporters have have any teeth anymore when it's their guy in the office. Well, not, not only do they not have any teeth, but you know this story was broken out of a foreign fucking newspaper. Yeah, this this story didn't break, you know, because of uh, high quality investigative journalism done here in the States. This was a foreign fucking paper that broke this story. That's you have to go out of the goddamn country to break a story about. And this, you know, the thing that makes me crazy is this should be the biggest story of our lifetime. You know, I'm 35. This should be the biggest story that's happened so far in my lifetime. The, the, The government is fucking spying on citizens. I mean, cut all the rest of the crap out about the hows and the details and the data. My, the government is spying on citizens. That is what is happening. That is a that is fucking illegal. Like you have a right to your privacy. It's not a this is not a fictional construct. Like this is a constitutionally mandated right. It's the motherfucking Fourth Amendment. You know, everybody. Here in the states, where it, it's it's so fucked up, I can't help but draw the comparison. You, you you try to pass a fucking law that says you can't have eight billion rounds in a magazine, and you get all these fucking redneck bullshit hillbillies screaming about their Second Amendment right. It's a right. It's a right. It's a right. I can have as many guns bristling in every fucking direction, yeah, right, like right. a fucking ammunition loaded porcupine at right. all times, right? Yeah. But. Do you find out that the fucking United States government is spying on citizens and we're fucking making excuses for it? We're making excuses for this shit. It's this, you know, 
The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. It's very fucking clear. It's like the clearest amendment. Like, yeah. it, like the amendments are, are almost all pretty vague. This one is extravagantly clear because it is fundamental to liberty. It, it is essential to uh, living in a free society that this be your right. And if the government can decide it's your right, but only sort of kind of because I can kind of take that away, then it's not a right. It's a privilege. Yeah. And I don't have a set of privileges as a citizen. I have a set of fucking rights as a citizen. And if I don't, then I'm, I'm living somewhere. I, I like I took the wrong civics class. Right. Well, it's like it's like them saying, well, look, we would read your Miranda rights to you. But, you know, you were kind of an asshole. Right. So, you know, you just you know, you got to be nicer to get your Miranda rights. That doesn't happen. They're rights. It's not Miranda privileges. Right. It's not, it's not a suggestion. It's not a yeah. Miranda suggestion. Yeah, you right. know, I think you guys should probably advise him of his rights. But if you don't feel like it, I mean, it's really, it's all right. If you're busy <laughs> right. and you just want to get this interrogation over with. Every one of those just, days where you just... Just question. Forget the, the question. Yeah, just... I feel like we've been let down by uh, by the government in this in this regard. I think that, you know, this is a, this is a, a slap in the face to us. It's been happening for a while. It's not that this is, you know, this is new news. It just so happens that somebody's coming out and is getting a lot of press for right. it. But this sort of thing has been happening for a while and erosion of our rights has been happening for a while. And until we start really paying attention and start, you know, I mean, the best way to do it is to make sure that, you know, this sort of thing comes up during those town hall meetings. That this is the thing we're asking them, that this is the thing that we keep pressuring them for, that this is the thing we're demonstrating for, that this is the thing that every time that they have an opportunity, every reporter is asking them about this from now until the end of their terms. Absolutely right. That's how you make sure that this is an important thing, because if you just let it fall away with the next news cycle, what we're going to have is the status quo forever. And don't expect this to change. Yeah, man, I, I totally agree. You got to bulldog this shit like this. Like people need to be people need to lose jobs. People need to lose. People need to go to jail. Yeah. I mean, they really do. Like, that's what needs to happen. We need to have big, high profile trials. People need to aggressively. And, you know, that would happen, Cecil, if we had high quality adversarial journalism, because they would yeah. be the ones bulldogging this shit. That's yeah. their job. They're the watchdog of democracy. Right. That's what they're saying. It's like it's like the. The fourth estate, right? Isn't that what they're supposed to be? I mean, that's the that's the the con, that's the idea. That's the the notion behind a free press. Um, and and you're right. It's it's become this partisan gamesmanship, you know, battling back and forth. And it's it's just you know the story isn't juicy enough. The story isn't interesting enough. The story isn't going to get enough uh, hits on the fucking web page. We're not going to draw in enough advertising dollars. You know, what do we do? Why, what's the advantage of the story? It's I mean, it's kind of the problem with, like, a free press that is just trying to make money like everything else. Yeah. You know, it's, it's fucking frustrating. But if we had real high-quality adversarial journalism, this would be—I mean, this, this would be absolutely rabidly attacked. 
And I, and I hope that maybe it is. I hope that every time there's a fucking press conference, every time Obama stands in front of a microphone, somebody brings this up. Yeah. It's not going to happen. And the, and, the, and, the, and the answer can't always be, look, we're not going to be reading your emails. We're looking for the bad guys. Right. Because it doesn't satisfy me, Ugh. and it shouldn't satisfy you. In the name of Jesus, we speak that. So this story comes from NewJournal.com. Pastor charged with financially exploiting woman in Austin. Pastor is charged with bilking more than $40,000 from an elderly woman with dementia. Um, this is a good guy, Cecil. If you're going to give power of attorney to anybody, you definitely want to give it to your pastor who can spend, and this is the part of the story that baffles me, $3,000 for a bowling trip that he claimed was a reward <laughs> For his care. Um, when somebody is your ward, you don't take a reward. <laughs> so I, I, know, I know they're like similar, like they right. share a root. There's a, there's a root right. word in there. But that is not. And what costs $3,000 on a bowling trip? I mean, how Man, much Bud Light can you drink? What You must be like, can't you just buy a bowling alley for $3,000? <laughs> It's like, a like if you walk into a bowling alley with $3,000, you probably just get to rent it indefinitely. They're like, you know what? We're just going to keep you in here until your money runs out, which will be sometime around 2016. You walk in, you're like, I will have 1,000 pitchers of your finest light beer, please. Yeah. <laughs> what? I mean, $3,000 for a bowling trip. Where was yeah. he like trying to like bowl every alley, like one alley in each state? Like, is there like a great bowling alleys of the United States tour? I don't that know. I'm That's a lot aware of, of. It's a lot of blooming onions. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know, what more depressing state is there than sort of the Alzheimer's dementia state oh. that people are in, you know, like when they get to be old and they start to forget and they forget where they're at and they forget what they're doing. And to take advantage of somebody like that, you are the lowest form of human being. I mean, you really are. This is, this is, this is a no brainer on how scummy you are. And it's, it's like, you look at somebody like, "Mm, I could victimize them. They look really victimizey to me. AK. I mean, that's not chump change. It's not like, it's not like he's, you know, digging in her pocket for quarters. Yeah, what's a total you know what of I mean? 40 G's, man? Like, it's a lot of money here. It almost has nothing on this next story, which is from au.news.yahoo. New twist for lost bracelet, priest. The Anglican Archbishop of Perth has described one of his own reverends as reprehensible after he refused to return a $6,500 bracelet to its owners unless they paid him half its value. This fucking priest finds this bracelet, right? It's a very nice jewelry bracelet full of, I don't know, fucking pirate treasure. And <laughs> Yar, they found me bracelet. Yar, they did. Me bracelet's been found. And the, like the couple's like, yeah, that's kind of ours. We'd like to have that back. And he's like, sure. $3,250, please. He basically love- ransoms it back to them. Yeah. And you know what he's doing is he's saying, look, 
finders keepers under the law. Basically, right. this guy was right. a lawyer and says, I had it for a certain amount of time and you did not claim it. Therefore, it is mine. However, being the nice guy that I am, I will let you claim it as a loss on your homeowner's insurance. Therefore, obviously jacking up the cost of your homeowner's insurance indefinitely, right? You get the money from the bracelet, whatever they deem it, its value. I will take half and then sell the bracelet back to you. He says, the reverend who said he was a former lawyer explained he was simply offering to share his windfall with the Bevins. Really? You're sharing your windfall? They lost their bracelet. You're not sharing a windfall. Yeah. What he's saying is he's saying when they split the money, they come out ahead, right? Their their bracelet, they get the bracelet back so they're whole, and now they've give they've given me some money, and they've gotten money too, above and beyond what the bracelet was valued because the, they got the value of the bracelet. But he's neglecting the the fact that they're going to have to pay more on their homeowner's insurance from now on. And the deductible. Right. They got to pay the deductible out on their homeowner's insurance. And it's scummy. Like, if you yeah. know that you found something, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, if if somebody came to me and they were like, um, yeah, that thing, you know, that um, puppy that you found? That's my dog. Be like, puppy? Oh, yeah, listen, I'm going to have to go with uh, finders keepers. You would be the loser's weepers portion of our program. <laughs> loser's weepers. So I am going to eat the dog. I'm just going to eat Keepers creepers. <laughs> I'm just going to eat the dog. What? Yeah, I've had him for two months. I've been fattening him up the whole time. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to eat the dog. I've been fattening me up the whole time. I've been fattening him up right. the whole time. You'd be like, it'd be like finding somebody's dog and then not giving back to him and then fucking putting it to sleep. Oh. Just being like, yeah, I killed it. <laughs> what? Yeah, I just fucking killed it. I, I got to say, though, I couldn't imagine wearing a piece of like jewelry that is worth like a car. Yeah. Like that to me seems like, you know, and, and to not always constantly be holding that piece of jewelry, you know, like if I had a, I drive, here's an example. I drive the city streets of Chicago with a basket that I attach to the side of my back of my bike. So it, it clips on there with two little clips on the back. And one time while driving the city streets of Chicago, because the city streets of Chicago are quasi paved, <laughs> I quasi -paved. sometimes hit <laughs> potholes. Right. And in the past, I have hit a pothole hard enough so that my bag fell off. Now, the bag was empty when it fell off, so there wasn't any weight in it. But every day when I travel to work... I load that bag up with three really important things. I put in it my keys, which let me into my building and are the keys to my car. My wallet, which contains most likely not a lot of money, my credit cards and my ID, et cetera. And my phone, which is probably a, you know, it's a smartphone. It's an iPhone. So what is that? It's a last generation. So let's just value it at $300. That's probably the most expensive thing I put in that bag. Every single time I am on that bike and I am driving, I am constantly reaching back to touch to make sure the bag is there. Sure. So that if it does fall off, I have reached back within the last couple minutes. It's probably not going to be that far down the street. Hopefully some hobo hasn't walked off with it. You know what I mean? Like, like that's he's what I'm thinking. the rails with right. your iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's calling all my contacts, making fun of them. No, but, but the idea here is like, I recognize that I am driving down the street and have something in a precarious way that can, at some point, you know, like if I lose it, I mean, it's, it's a big deal to me. 
This is a this dwarfs everything. I mean, it's dwarfs half my condo for crying out loud. Sixty five hundred dollars. I don't have a single thing in here when I think about it in my condo that is worth that much money. Yeah, if I had... It's hard for me to imagine. If I so, had a $6,500 jewelry item, I would have it grafted into my skin. Right? <laughs> be like, exactly. Or I would hire, like, a private investigator to follow me around to make sure I didn't lose it. <laughs> you know? Like, it, really, this is... I mean, you're... Like, how could you be you know, so neglectful with something so expensive? Well, probably because you figure if, if you lose it and a reverend finds it, he'll well, just give it back to you. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta be surround yourself with reverence. Do you remember though. that there's line a in the Bible there. that says uh, "nana nana boo boo"? So we're gonna take a quick break. Give you some information on how to contact us, how to call us, how to email us, voicemail us, yada yada yada, and we'll be back after this. Want to contact Cognitive Dissonance? Visit them on Facebook. You can find the link at the website dissonancepod.com or type it in the Facebook search bar. Be sure to follow the guys on Twitter. Their handle is at dissonance underscore pod. The guys also post to Google Plus now, too, so check them out there. And if you'd like to email them, you can do so at dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. You can also leave a comment on the blog at their webpage or give them a call at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Long distance rates apply. And to everyone who listens, shares, retweets, or rates the show... Cognitive Dissonance would like to cordially thank you for all of your fucking support. So this story is also from aunews.yahoo.com. Pakistan's sisters shot for dancing in the rain. Um, Again, this would have to go with the no joy for you uh, prescription in Islam. Uh, Two teenage sisters have been shot dead in an honor killing after there was a video of them smiling and dancing in the rain. So they're basically just walking and it starts to rain and they're like, ha ha, we feel some sense of hope and joy. Blam, blam. Shot. Honor killing. How how fucking tentative is your family's honor? That you're like, oh, it looks like you had a happy sister. Gonna have to kill her. <laughs> right, yeah. Like you're just like, our honor is such in the balance right. that if if for any reason one of the females in our family smiles, we have to murder them. Right. Because everybody <laughs> will think that we're coddling our females. You know, it, it's because you've got like your family tree has like eleven saints and ten rapists. You're like, <laughs> you're always on the edge. Like you're like fucking teetering. Like they're like people just don't know what to think. They're like, mmm. Not sure about the Joneses, you know, on the one oh, hand, man. the Saints were pretty good. On the other hand, <laughs> can, can I just say, Tom, that this is one of the most depressing last known photos I've ever seen. I know, because they're so happy. They look like they're having fun. Yeah. They're two cute young girls having a good time, enjoying a little bit of rain, kidding around, dancing a little. You know, just being kids. Yep. And they you know, are they're, kids. They're 15. Right. It's not like they're married or whatever, disgracing their husband because they gyrated their hips while they're not in union of sex or something <laughs> like that. Or whatever, you know, whatever crazy fucking thing you can rip out of the Quran to justify you murdering another human being. They're just fucking kids, man. Yep. They're not... They're not doing anything other than being kids. And a 15-year-old and a 16-year-old lose their life because some antiquated bullshit that they have to pull out of the Quran to be like, oh, 
sorry, you're not allowed to dance and you're also not allowed to get wet and uh, you're not allowed to get fat after midnight. <laughs> and know. You know, it's like, all right. like, what other prescription is there? And how fearful do you have to be to be a, you know, this is what this is, is a fear tactic more than anything else to be like, look, at any moment, females of this culture, we can kill you. And we can get away with it. And we can not only kill you, but be justified. And not only be justified, but be revered. Because we have the gall to call it an honor killing. Yeah, well, you know, in this thing it says uh, human rights activist uh, Atiyah Jehan, I'm sorry, I'm mispronouncing it terribly, says the video of the sisters breaking into dance and flashing a smile at the camera became a, quote, big issue in Chile's area, end quote. What's the issue? There's no, there's not two sides to this story. There's just not. This is not a controversial topic. There's no, hey, let's sit down and have a meaningful conversation about whether or not 15-year-old girls should be able to smile and dance a little bit in the rain. What the fuck? And, you know, this again, this, how many times every other week we've been doing this mainly since because of the uh, Glenn Greenwald bullshit about anti-Islam and all that right, stuff. But, right. but, you know, here we go again talking about uh, relativism and moral relativism and how this affects, you know, oh, you can't pass judgment. Yes, I can. I absolutely can. You murdered, they murdered this girl and this other girl for no reason. They murdered them. You know, murdering somebody is bad as it is, but to do it for a reason that you're fabricating because of your holy book is an evil. That is not justified. There's nobody. I can't. I can't imagine getting into an Oxford-style debate with some fucking <laughs> mouth breather over this and be like, you know, here's your fucking premise A, premise B, premise C. What the fuck premise do you have that is going to possibly convince somebody who has two fucking brain cells? Yeah, right. Like, well, they did. They did dance, and it did. Well, it they did like, smile. Yeah, well, they. They. You know, the thing is that they weren't following the no joy in Islam rule. Yeah, no, they they definitely and now they are definitely following the yeah, right? Islam, that a, Islam must have been a fucking hard sell back in the day. You know, it's like, all right, here's this new religion. It's coming up. Got some uh got some info for you about it. All right, let's take a look at it. Uh what's it say about joy? Mm, joy is not allowed. Yeah. Kind of hates joy, just so you know. Yeah, you, we shot her last week. We did. We, did. we yeah. shot joy. We <laughs> shot joy. Uh we killed Hope too. So Hope Hope's didn't dead. make it. Yeah, they yeah. were both, Joy and Hope were sisters. They were smiling yeah. in the rain. <laughs> they were smiling. It turns in the out. Rain. So we fucking oh, shot no. them. Well, we wanted to preserve our honor, you know. Sure, absolutely. It's a yeah. big honor thing. Yeah. And see, so this story is so odd. This is from uh, now.msn.com. Iran ignores swimmer's record because of revealing bathing suit. Revealing bathing suit? She's wearing a 13-pound, quote, swimming costume. <laughs> I love costume. I love the idea that it's a costume. The only parts that are visible are her hands and her face. You can't yeah. see her eyes. She's wearing goggles. Right. She she only looks vaguely humanoid. 
You know she. You know what she looks like is like a 1914 World War One pilot. <laughs> is what she looks. She's like. like the Red Baron. Yeah, she's like the fucking. She's the Red Baron. That's what she is. This is ridiculous. The idea that she's. You know, you're not going to count her. Her latest. Um, her latest achievement. And I'm going to read. You know, this article isn't very long. I'm going to read most of it here. Um, but she's required to wear a diving suit, a full jacket and headscarf so that not a single curve of her figure is visible to men. She abides these conditions, but her last record setting swim reportedly won't count and won't even be noted in the record books because the sports ministry said her wardrobe was too revealing. What you, it's revealing her face. <laughs> it's showing. And you know what? When you're swimming, your face is in the water. I know, right? Like, <laughs> you you would have to. I don't even know what you'd have to do. I don't know, Cecil. I don't. You know, I mean, like, like a diving suit with the bell painted black is the best you could do, I think. I, I the, the only solution that I think that they're trying to come up with is to pile on more and more shit so these women just fucking drown. <laughs> you're right. A 13 pound swimming costume can you imagine putting on 13 pounds of cloth and going swimming have you ever swam in your full clothes you have swam yeah, i know you have i i have i have it's not on purpose <laughs> <laughs> it's very hard to do like swimming yeah. in clothes clothes that shit no gets, yeah it's it's difficult 13 pounds of shit this woman has to wear in order to swim she puts all this fucking cockamamie bullshit on because she's from a fucking cockamamie bullshit country and she swims 20 kilometers of the open waters of the caspian sea and instead of people being like that's fucking awesome like that is awesome we are proud to have this person as part of our society what an achievement instead they're like hmm Vaguely human. You know, her name is actually too feminine. So, and I was totally masturbating to her name earlier. Yeah. <laughs> so, in fact, I'm actually masturbating to her name right now. I'll tell you what, fact. there is no way when they say that you can, like, you're not allowed to see the curve, any, a single curve. You can't see a single curve. No, I mean, it's like a, this is the frumpiest fucking swimming outfit I've ever seen in my life. It's like wearing a fucking bed sheet. It's, I was going to say, it's like somebody like threw her in a pillowcase and only yeah. her head is sticking out. She's got like this little chipmunk smile yeah. and it's like big ass fucking black tinted goggles. You can't even see through the goggles. What a disaster that, that is. It's just a fucking nightmare. And what is she supposed to do now? Like. How do you go back? Be like, oh, did you? How'd you do in your swim? Because you tell all your friends and family, oh, I did great. But it turns out, I I have a shape. So, yeah. what shape? You know, it turns it doesn't make any difference. If you're just a shape, any shape, like octagonal, it wouldn't make yeah. any difference. You could be <laughs> all a, these octagonal women walking around. She could be a parallelogram. I mean, that's I, the next step. They're going to have fucking tent poles in these things so that there's actually no human shape. They don't even fall across the body. They're like those big hoop skirts of days of yore, you know, like where it's like enormous buttresses and shit and cantilevered out three feet. And there's going to be like, you, in like old timey hippo costumes or two women and a horse, you know, like a horse's <laughs> head and one's the ass and they're walking around. I mean, what more ridiculous costumes can they wear? There's like 30 of them in an orca suit. <laughs> they're all like working the fins on the side. They all have to be like Disney characters. 
Like if you pick like a like a like a like a sexy looking chipmunk, you have to be like oh, a no. fucking scorpion or something yeah, in order no, for this to count. You gotta be something really awful. Right? Dressed as a pile of vomit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, the only way the only way it would work is like you're dressed as a pile of vomit. and You have to smear fresh feces on yourself. <laughs> like, then you can. We'll count your swim. Then you can go swimming. Yeah. Yes. If you are a if you are a giant poo smelling vomit costume. <laughs> Floating in if the you're water. gonna go swimming, you have to swim with the 70 pound Koran. <laughs> you have to swim while reciting the entire Koran. <laughs> yeah. That's what you have to do. Every yeah, you have to recite the entire Koran underwater without taking a breath. Then we'll count. If it. you can, if you can, until then it's a practice. <laughs> proselytize to the porpoises. If you can convert right. one porpoise. So this story is from Atheist Republic, and we covered the original story some time ago. Preacher who murdered his own daughter may get away by paying blood money. Well-known Saudi preacher Fayan al-Ghamadi murdered his five-year-old daughter in 2012 because he had suspicions about her virginity. He may now get a pardon and escape punishment by paying blood money to the victim's mother. Isn't the victim's mother his wife? No, it's like his ex-wife, I think, or something. Oh, yeah. It turns because out the said, marriage doesn't survive a murderer. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It turns out, no, that's really, it's really difficult. Like, there's like the top three reasons why people get divorced. It's like, first one's murder, second one's money issues. Right, you right. You know, third one's trust issues. Right, yeah. Those but, sorts of things. But in this case, all three of those things happen to be tied together. Yeah. You know, <laughs> money issues, trust issues, and murder. Uh, there's a part of this that they talk about that's really sort of sad. It says the child suffered severe injuries, which include a crushed skull, broken left arm, broken ribs, and broken back. Let's not forget the broken no, back. Her body was also showed burn injuries and extensive bruising. Social workers are of the opinion that she was repeatedly raped and burnt. Well, you know, I guess if you're repeatedly repeatedly raping her, then maybe you would have questions about her virginity. Yeah, but wouldn't the questions be answered? Like they're not yeah, questions at that yeah. point. Yeah, I mean, I guess questions is a bad way to put it. Right. Um, you know, you would. Yeah, I guess you would know. You would. You know, it's like you've solved for X at that point. You know, I don't. I. I we talked about this guy back in 2012, and he's a fucking deplorable monster. Right? He's a sociopathic, right. murderous, torturing monster. So that's that's just that's who that guy is as an individual and that's just he confessed to it he fucking confessed sure to shit. yeah no he's despicable right. awful awful human if he lit on fire right now no one should piss it out right too good for him yeah but what kills me is this idea about blood money right like it's a license to kill what uh, what it means is that if you have enough money you can just go out and fucking murder people and it makes no difference at all you just you are immune to the law if blood money is a real thing in your culture, you just get to fucking thumb your nose at it. You can walk up to somebody. How much are they worth? Throw down the cash and fucking kill whoever you want. And that's a society that just says our people are disposable. And if you're rich enough, you can just buy one and do whatever you want. You want to rape them? Who cares? You want to kill them? Who cares? Pay up. It's just a commodity. 
Yeah, no, I, you're absolutely 100% right. And there's a reason why we don't do that sort of thing here in the States, right? There's a reason why you can't buy your way out of jail. You can't buy your way out of drafting, you know, into the army, even though we don't draft anymore. But when we did, you can't buy your way out of it. Although several people did in some ways, but you can't pay someone else to do it, right? right. Yeah. Um, and you can't pay someone else to serve your prison time if you get convicted or something like that. So there's a reason why you do that, and it's so that you're held accountable, so that your wealth can't serve as a buffer to any sort of punitive measures that the state would have against you. And in this case, that's exactly what's happening. You know, the wealth is a buffer. The wealth is going to protect him, and it's going to make, you know, if she assume, if she takes the money, which she may, depending on, she's saying no, she wants him dead. But if she decides, you know, well, maybe instead I want the money, well, then the guy gets gets off. The guy gets off, and guy get, guy could do it again tomorrow oh, because yeah. his wealth provides that opportunity to go out and be a fucking completely deplorable human being again and again and again and again. And that's, you know, look— you know, we're talking, we are talking, you know, there's three straight stories about Islam here. But again, this is one of those things. It's like, there's no moral good here. There's no moral good. You can't, on the moral landscape, as Sam Harris says, this is definitely not a peak for anyone but this guy. Well, it's, and it's totally indefensible. And, you know, you look at like this, this is a society where this woman has no resources. She doesn't have access to her own resources. So this guy is thrown in jail. I don't know if he's, I mean, he's the father of this child, but he's evidently not financially supporting this woman and the other children. So then she becomes destitute. So he, again, regains a, a power and control position so that he can force her to accept blood money just to stay alive. I mean, it's, it's a despicable system. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! And this story, Cecil, comes from rightwingwatch.org. I love this. Right Wing Watch is my favorite home for crazy. Swanson links gay kiss and women wearing hats and pants. Hello, my baby. Hello, my dog. <laughs> you know, I hear they have female motorists now. Awooga! <laughs> 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 to the Colorado forest fires on generations. The forest fires. I know. I forest fires. It's like women wear hats. Fuck. No wonder God is burning our states. <laughs> this shit is so fucking crazy. Um, Colorado pra- pastors uh, Kevin Swanson and Dave Buner addressed the forest fires hitting their state. They wondered why God was punishing Colorado with the fires and specifically targeting the heavily conservative city of Colorado Springs. And Cecil, they jumped through some hoops to get to why Colorado Springs is being targeted. Yeah, absolutely. Why don't we actually listen to that part right now where they're talking about it? Why Colorado Springs? I mean, understand that that Colorado itself is a state that has been begging for God's judgment. Uh, How do we do that? Well, we were the first state make abortion legal. You can murder your baby as long as it's in the womb. 1967. Governor Love, a Republican. Uh, we two, two, two ironies there. Yeah. Not just one. Well, the, the man's name was Governor Love. Right. And he's responsible for killing more babies than probably anybody in the history of this country. Because he's the guy who started it. He was the icebreaker. Mm-hmm. And he's a Republican. And he's a Republican. Uh, our legislative session opened up this year and their very first order of business, their most pressing order of business. They could the order hardly of business, wait. They, they, they could had hardly to get, wait. Like the very first day yes, yes, was, yes, already yes. was to pass a civil union bill, which is a uncivil bill. Dave, I mean, when you have a state 
where the House leadership is performing a homosexual act on the front page of the Denver Post two months ago. Does God read the Denver Post? <laughs> do you think he picks up a copy of the Denver Post? I do. I don't think it's delivered to him, but he gets it. He gets it. Okay. God gets the Denver Post. No, I read the online version. <laughs> I read Denver Post every day. I'm like Sarah Palin. I read all the I newspapers. Read all, except for I'm omnipresent. So. <laughs> Leg up on Sarah Palin there, huh? You get to be omniscient, so you get to read all the papers at the same time. You know, look, the thing about this is, is what they're saying is not a big deal, right? This is this is basic, you know, Christian right vomit that they're spitting out. Right. It's how they're saying it that makes me kind of physically ill. What we have is here is, is House leadership is a homosexual act on the on the front page of the Denver Post two months ago, and he's just you know like that pause there, that sort of you right. know, can you believe they're doing this? And it's like, look, man, you know the idea first that that you know you're he's dogging on abortion, and he, you know he he calls it murder. He says you know as long as you know you can murder your baby as long as it's in a womb, it's not a baby, okay? So let's not get let's not you know you're using language that doesn't make any sense because. Because things in petri dishes aren't babies, and they can take you know there's there's there are ways in which you can you know inseminate things outside of the womb, and it can be you know it can be a fetus outside of the womb. You know you wouldn't if you looked at it you wouldn't be like oh what a cute little baby right <laughs> you'd be like oh what a cute little clump of cells so and you it's know, not like murder in the tradition like nobody's like taking like a steak knife to it right like, just hacking yeah. nobody nobody is like doing like the guy in the previous story and burning it and breaking its arm because it doesn't even have right. arms yet right so yeah. you know that's that's just the the first piece of this but then the second part where he's talking about you know homosexuality you know you just you can just tell. So how much they they just loathe other people. Yeah, it, the, the 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 hate is strong within these, you know, like it's just palpable and the, the it's more of a disgust. Yeah, it, I, like I really get like a sense of like just contempt and disgust and and like that's the, that's the justification. Like that's why it happened in Colorado Springs. Like, really? Because of some shit like your your argument is basically like. Because of some shit from 1967, God's just like, oh, I totally was going to, oh, I fucking spaced man, on did the I sleep? Oh, man. Fuck. I put it on my iCal. I totally <laughs> fucking forgot about it. It, like, wakes my up. My notifications were on silent. Oh, That's man. why. Did I burn Colorado Springs yet? Fuck. Oh, okay. Burn it now. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. No, I know it's been, like, fucking, like. Almost whatever, like sixty years. What? Who cares? Just fucking burn it now. Sixty-seven. We'll get to it. That's it's good. What? Thirty, forty. It's fine. Forty-five years. You know, plus or minus. Yeah, right. Like, we don't want to hit like Denver. Uh, like, sir, and that, like he doesn't have any advisors up there. You know, like, uh, sir, that seems like uh, kind of crazy. I mean, just. I mean, they're supporting you now. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, I'm fucking still mad about 67. I mean, no, but no. hold on. Now let's listen to the second bit here because I think this is where he gets into why certain areas are being burned. Okay. So let's listen to the second bit because we don't want to pass judgment on this guy, no. right? Well, I do. 
Colorado is asking for judgment, yeah. and, and God's delivering it yeah, in little sure. pieces. He's very gracious oh, yeah. that he hasn't Great. destroyed the whole state yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. I think that's an act of grace. But then the question is, of, of all of Colorado, grace. why Colorado Springs? I mean, Colorado Springs is the Christian Mecca. Yeah. Why not wipe out Boulder or yeah. Denver? I mean, those yeah. people are in more yeah. radical yeah. rebellion. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Democrats up there. And the answer is, <laughs> I love judgment it. begins in the house of God. Yeah. Coming back from from Australia, you know, I'm stuck in 14 hours of these visual presentations of sitcoms and stuff on 17 screens in front of me. And Dave, I mean, I've never seen so many breasts in all my life. And the, the, the immodesty going on what? in our society is far worse, far worse, Dave, than it was back when Cheers and Family Ties and The Cosby Show was playing on 1980s sitcoms. Um, I, this, this, I mean, every form of aberrant sexuality and, and women's uh, breasts are shown in front of me almost nonstop for 14 hours. You know, what? it's just they've such an oppressive, <laughs> horrible, horrible world. And what? so many of our young girls in our Christian churches are running down to Walmart and buying the same clothes. And hey, these are the sorts of things that I'm bringing out in front of God's How are we going to repent of the sexual sin that is paraded in front of us in the wider culture? Why do we have to submit to these sexual sins again and again? Right up androgyny, Dave. And how, androgyny? how many... Young boys I, the fuck are running out and doing the metrosexual thing with the skinny pants you mean and the, the little fairy shoes, and, and they're they, they they're working on the gender blender gender for themselves, blender. And, and they don't want to look like a man. Blender. And yet no, I've, God I've is just one. so upset. He hates it. Men are not manly yeah, in their approach. And 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 of course, First Corinthians chapter six speaks about homosexuality and feminine behavior and feminine dress for men. God does not want men to be androgynous and feminine-like in their approach. He gave them facial hair for a reason. Uh, these are the sorts of things <laughs> I, that I, I preached I yesterday. Even, I can't even because get I, there. I said, I can't. okay, you could just say, well, all of the unisex, homosexual, metrosexual stuff that's out in the world is so bad, so bad, so bad. But we're not going to repent of anything. We're not going to look different. We're not going to bear any fruits of repentance in the way that we dress and the way that we interact. I got to stop this guy because this is just too much to talk about. Because there's a lot here. But, you know, I want to talk about first his, his reaction where he's like, oh, yeah, the Democrats up there. Right. Yeah, they're Democrats. I mean, that's that's just evil. And they should, you know, they should definitely. Why not wipe out Boulder? Because that's where the Democrats are. Well, you remember when it said in the Bible, thou shalt not be a Democrat. Yeah, no, I, I remember it's that. It's in there. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and on Hillbilly God's pickup, there is, you know, a <laughs> couple of bumper stickers that are a little negative towards Democrats. And Hillbilly God's got one of those uh, Calvins peeing on a Democrat. Yeah. <laughs> like it just The only good Democrats, a dead Democrat or right. something like that. Yeah, it's right by the truck balls yeah, hanging off. Exactly. <laughs> it's right next to his gun rack that sits in the back there. But yeah, I I like that. But then I also love the idea that when he's talking about, he's like, oh my God, the sexual immorality is even worse than it was during Cheers, Family Ties, and The Cosby Show. Those were your barometer for, for, you know, sexual aberrant behavior was The Cosby Show, Family Ties, and Cheers. Since when do we define an era, by the way, by the sitcoms? Like is that like we don't we don't talk about like things in terms of decades anymore, <laughs> right? Like oh yeah, you remember back in the seventies? No, the Mash oh, era. Yeah, 
Was this the MASH era? Yeah, I remember the MASH era. Sure. Yeah, do you remember that? That was great. And then we were like, um, and then that happened during that 70s show reign, right? (laughs) I remember the laugh-in days. Those were great. Yeah. What the fuck kind of, like, you don't define, like, that's television. Yeah. (laughs) That's just, those are just TV shows. He does, he doesn't, like, understand, you know, I've talked about this before, like, there's a group of people that thinks Mayberry was real. Yeah. And I listen to this and it's like, wait a minute. Maybe he really does think Mayberry was real and like Cosby was a thing, not just a thing that was written and I wanna, that people I, acted out. I got to say the the attack like where he's like, oh, I've never seen so many women's breasts. How dare they? And she's like, dude, it's a thing to feed kids like that's what the breast is there for. You know, like the breast is there, you know, for two reasons. One, it's for sexual attractiveness. The second is for feeding kids. You're like, both of those are fucking useful things. <laughs> it's not like it's a useless thing like you. And he's, and he's on an airplane. It's not like these are just like, there's not like 17 screens of hardcore porn. Like, they're just probably watching movies. And he's like, I've never seen so many breasts in all my life. I feel bad for the guy. Yeah, I kind of want to send him a couple like, websites. Really? <laughs> like, I saw more breasts than that. Like, like, I'm like the fucking army, right? It's like, you know, like, we do more by 9 o'clock than most people do all day. It's like, I've seen more titties by 9 a.m. Right. than this guy has in his entire life until his recent flight. I love, I love how he says androgyny, too. Yeah, he doesn't. He's, he's like, like androgyny. Androgyny. <laughs> what does that even mean? And then the other idea, too, is like, men have to be men and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, okay, what? That's why we have facial hair? What does that even that's mean? Why, yeah. That's If you don't grow a beard, you're not even a well, dude. Why do women have hairy legs then? No. And that, why, I mean, like, no. Quiet. Shh. No. Shh, quiet. <laughs> they have hair on their parts of their body that they it's, shave off. Some women have facial hair. Absolutely they do. Like, all women have some facial hair. That's, it's just socially accepted to pluck it or dye it or fucking something. Yeah, it. or it's so fine, you're so faint, you can't that's, see that's, it, or yeah, whatever it's virtually it is. Virtually invisible, or whatever. Yeah. Like we're fucking mammals. We're covered in hair, dude. Yeah, <laughs> that's a thing that <laughs> mammals a thing have. That happens. It's not like you go out in, you know, and the apes, and there's, you know, like the bearded apes, and then the females have no beards. Or <laughs> no beards. <laughs> well, let's finish out this 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 feminism oh. bit here, etc. etc. Et and then I brought out the whole thing on on. Uh, feminism and how feminism has corrupted our our women today. Um, I brought out this quote from Forbes magazine, July 27, 2012. It's hard to deny the key role that fashion has played in the women's movement. Ms. Magazine points to New York City women, garment workers in the early 20th century wore hats to signify that they were earning their own money and thus financially independent. Women in the 1980s adopted a male style of dress, ties, tailored skirt suits, shoulder pads in order to gain a foothold in the male-dominated world of business. And Carol Mosley Brown, the first African-American woman elected to the U.S. Senate, wore a pantsuit on the Senate floor in 1993, ending the Senate's ban on women wearing slacks there. My question was, do you resist feminist trends? Do you argue with it? Do you find ways to oppose it? Or do you just succumb to it and just kowtow to feminism? Dave, I'm afraid this stuff is is all over the place in our nice little evangelical, reformed, conservative, fundamentalist churches. Evan, my my main text is last Lord's Day. God is a consuming fire. What does that even mean? I have 
no idea. God is a consuming fire. God is a consuming is, fire. I, you know, getting okay. First off, it's Carol Mosley Braun, fuckhead. Just because she's African African American doesn't mean you can call her Carol Mosley Brown, you dick. Okay. <laughs> but secondly, it's like she was elected to U.S. Senate, wore a pantsuit of the on the Senate floor in 1993, ending the Senate's ban on women wearing slacks there. 1993. What do they take their fucking horse and buggy to fucking Senate House? What the fuck was happening until 1993 that they couldn't wear pants in the Senate? Senators! Pants. Like, we are, here we are in 2013 worrying about who is wearing pants. And we're like, we have to, to get worked up about it, we have to go back 20 fucking years. 20 years, see? So we have to look back 20 years and be like, man, it was a better time back when men had beards and women didn't wear pants. (laughs) What are you fucking, and this is why Colorado's on fire? Yeah. God is an all-consuming fire. Then run to meet your maker, yeah, you no stupid kidding, shit. Right? He's right there. And, you know, the other thing that drives me crazy about this is when he's, he's reading this article from Forbes, and he says, he says here, he says, Miss Magazine points to New York City women garment workers in the early 20s who wore hats to signify they were earning their own money. Listen to how that guy says it. If you didn't hear before, rewind it just a bit and listen to how he says earning their own money. And I've never heard anybody say that with more venom. Don't the conservatives want people to earn their own money? Well, they want they want white males to earn all the money and they want everybody else to earn none of the money. I mean, that, that's just that's just fucking that's just the truth. That's just Ugh. the fucking reality of it. You know, the idea that that you could look at something like that and say that that that's a bad thing. Like you, like we're just never going to be on the same page. Like I am never going to be looking at the world and saying like, we both want the same things out of the world as this guy. Anybody who can say like, man, when those fucking women wore hats as a symbol of their independence as individuals, that was a step back. When the fucking senators... What a senator can wear pantaloons? Had to wear, had to fucking change the rules so <laughs> she could wear pants. What did she why have was to wear? Even a rule? Did she have to wear a fucking knee-length dress? And why was I the rule like, like? Why is a rule even imposed? That I doesn't know. even make any sense. Be like, okay, ladies, we're gonna let you be senators, but we're gonna control how you dress. Right. Yeah. You gotta. You gotta make sure that you're wearing a very nice. You know, just something. Shoulder pads, you know, something nice dress. You got it. Fuck you, dude. You should be happy. There's women in the workplace. Like, who wants to work in the sausage fest? Oh, God, I hate this guy so much. Though the way they He's talk, a terrible human and being. the way they talk about these these things, and how they, you know, how every moment the venom is dripping off their tongue about feminism at the end. When he's like, "Do you resist feminist trends?" No. What the fuck? What does that even mean? Feminist trends. Yeah, I mean, I think it means, like, are you one of those fucking head-of-household beat-your-wife assholes we talked about last week? That's what it means. Hi, Tom and Cecil. Um, this is... And I'm, but I'm hoping that maybe you can disguise my voice and cry out of heart why it's me, because I said I'd never call again, because I called so much. But I had to call, um... Because I have, because I'm secretly in love with both of you. 
Um, but I, I'm calling specifically to tell you that just now I was in LA and just now I was driving and there's this huge billboard on sunset of this very attractive, you know, arguably attractive young woman um, in, uh, you know, a nice top and with her hair for very pretty. And the billboard says, actors and talent for Christ. And apparently it's an advertisement for actors and talent for Jesus. And I just thought you guys, I just had to call you and tell you, really it's an excuse just to talk to you guys. Please just ask my advice and don't say it was, okay, anyway, thanks, bye. Hey guys, here's your latest update from the Middle East. Saudi authorities on Wednesdays carried out a court sentence against a Nigerian man by cutting off his hand with a sword after he was convicted of theft in the Gulf Kingdom, the official press agency reported. The unidentified man was sentenced to amputation of his right hand by a criminal court before the verdict was upheld by an appeals court and then by the Supreme Court. The official press agency said King Abdullah of Saudi Arabia had endorsed the verdict to sever the man's hand from the wrist. It said the sentence was carried out in the western Saudi town of Mecca, where he perpetrated his crime. It did not elaborate on the theft. So thanks a lot, and stay tuned to Cognitive Dissonance for all your favorite amputation and beheading news. Have a nice day. Cecil, I mean, Cecil, for, for, for real, when your society in 2013 uses swords to fix problems. I know, man. Swords! God. Swords! You know, when, swords should hang up in dork basements. Yeah. <laughs> when, like, that's what when, swords are for. Yeah. When you're a sword, every problem's a hand, though. <laughs> I got this awesome sword. I can't wait to cut a hand off. Yeah, I know. It's total dork basement, though. That's exactly what it is. It's a sword. It's a fucking sword. You may as well commit, like, you may as well, like, hit somebody over the head with a fucking morning star. It's ridiculous. So we got some email this week. We got an email from, it's a short week, so we, we, you know, obviously if you sent something after Monday, chances are it didn't make it into the show. Um, so we thank you for email. Well, hopefully we're going to cut down some of the email because we're going to get a bunch between now and the next show. So we're going to cut some of the email down, but, uh, but, um, but we wanted to make sure that we got some of it in this show. So this one, we're starting out here. We got uh, Michael sent us in silly things he used to pray for. I'm going to read it. He says, I prayed almost every night and sometimes during the day that Cindy Crawford or Kathy Ireland would visit me. Sometimes I prayed so hard that I would fall asleep afterward. <laughs> you know, I, 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 have, I have also prayed in a similar I, way. That, it happens to the best of us. Yeah. <laughs> and to the, and worst, to the of worst of us. We got an email from, uh, from Meredith, and she says, Glory Hole. And then she puts at the top, isn't that the title of every email I get? And you would be surprised, Meredith, most, most of, of them inbox most of them. is yeah. Glory Hole. That's just the title of all the emails, just Glory Hole, Glory Hole, Glory Hole. The person who did, who's that guy on the other side of the Glory Hole, really changed the scope of this show in big, big, big ways. But Meredith says, Tom and Cecil, I found your podcast a month or two ago after learning that Another podcast was on our show, and I'm not going to say you there. <laughs> She's a big fan of that podcast. But after catching up your on, on your archives, I feel your show is better. Then another podcast where we had some people on from that podcast. You guys can go back and listen to the archives and figure out which one that is. 
I really enjoy the discussions of you two have and appreciate that not only uh, that I am not the only one wondering what's wrong with the world today. Uh, she says specifically, Cecil, I wanted to thank you for being it's hard to be an out atheist. It's also be, uh, hard to be an out child free person. Um, it's great to hear you talking candidly about your and your wife decision not to have children and uh, and your viewpoints on taxes, educational vouchers, etc. And she says her husband and her are also child free. And, you know, it, it's it's true. There is there is some pushback in some weird ways about being child free in, in our society, especially in Western society. I don't know what it's like in other countries, but in the state. Um, there's some weird pushback, especially from the older generation about deciding that you don't want children and having, you know, people sort of, you know, people, people say some weird, stupid shit all the time. And, you know, people who are who have kids have to deal with some of the similar questions. Like, I'll get questions like, so when are you having kids or, oh, you'll change your mind or, you know, oh, when you have kids, you'll change your blah, 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 blah. They, they say they, they make a lot of assumptions about my life. But, you know, people do the same thing with people who are married with children, too. They'll be like, so when are you having your next one? Yeah. It will not for me. Instead, they're like, you had a kid. Yeah. You? <laughs> Quick to call DCF. They're amazed somebody would procreate with me. First it's of all. It's very true. It's very and shocked. True. I would have the stamina to finish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing what medical technology can do these days. <laughs> we got an email from Dave Thomas who wrote, I'm going to read it here. He said, this is Dave Thomas from Little Hampton. I'm writing this in an American accent so you can understand. Thanks, Dave. We really, I think that's the only way that we can communicate yeah. <laughs> because I've heard you talk. It would be awesome to have a beer with Dave. It would be great. And yeah. just pretend you understand the entire time. You're just nodding along. Do you know what would be awesome, actually, is to have a beer with, like, all of our British listeners and not have any fucking idea what's happening the whole night. Like, go out to the pub with them and not have a fucking clue what anybody's yeah. talking about the whole time. Yeah. No, you know, I mean, I'll be honest. We got, we got some joke emails about, you know, how we can't understand, you know, the British, you know, British accent. Dave's accent is very different than Mike Marsh's. Sure. I understand Mike Marsh just fine. I understand Andy just fine. I understand Mike uh, from Skeptics with a K just fine. But, you know, no offense, Dave, but I just, you know, some, there's certain parts of England that when they talk, I just don't, I just don't understand. I'm sorry. I feel the same way about big swatches of America, too. So, mm. no, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's, there, you know, there's times when I'll talk to somebody. You know, there's people from New York or California or even, you know, uh, definitely in the South that, you know, you can't understand a word they're no. saying. Louisiana. I watched I watched some of that. Uh, oh. Do you ever watch that show where they just shoot alligators for no reason? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I know, but it sounds like a great show. <laughs> it's like it's like a bunch of like uh, dudes in the bayou. They're alligator. I don't know if it's fishing or hunting. It's like fish hunting, hunt fishing. I don't know what it is. <laughs> It's not a fish. I know, but they string, like, fishing it's, it's line. A, it's a reptile. <laughs> it's a reptile. Fishing. <laughs> um, oh, they have to subtitle the show. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, because God, like, yeah. I get me all rattled. And they just play, like, what the? They sound just like Justin Wilson. I guarantee. Little bit of honey. It's awesome. It's That's fucking awesome. They all talk like that, too. That's fucking great. But anyway, uh, Dave Thomas uh, sent in his. his uh, <laughs> Dave sent in a bunch of stuff, uh, a bunch of images. Uh, two of, uh, of air. There's a, a cubicle. 
from a pub in Brighton that has uh, glory hole pictures on the wall. And uh, he sent an image of his friend <laughs> Ricky, so who he funny. insulted. And it, this is seriously one of the best images I've ever seen of someone. I, I'm looking at the full size of this, and I think you really have to click it to appreciate what we're looking at here. I was considering setting this as, as the contact for you on my phone. <laughs> Dave, if you could post this somewhere else, I don't feel safe posting someone else's photo. But if Dave posts it somewhere, I'll, we'll make sure to po- to point you to it. But uh, but thanks, Dave, for sending an email and you know making sure we understood it. We got a, an email from Rachel. It said the wonderful guys at Reasonable Doubts posted this on their Facebook page, and it's uh, <laughs> fisting. And God's will? Yeah, this is from a website, Sex in Christ, Sexuality According to the Sex Word of God. Christ, fist in Christ. And it, fisting is just one of many subsections. I browsed through this, um, and it is quite awesome. It's hilarious. I, I just want to read, to give you an idea of this uh, very briefly, just the headings for the fisting section for Sex in Christ. The Fist of Might powerful yet gentle fist <laughs> gentle hold on hold on a second have you i mean that hole is not made for a fist it, it, gentle there's no way it could be gentle, gentle unless you're like it's a baby fist or something <laughs> fisting as an act of faith i like that role reversal i'm not a fan of that one. <laughs> This website is hilarious. Yeah, it's called sexinchrist.com. I'm not going to put a link to it, but uh, but you guys can find it pretty easily. It's one word, sex in Christ. Thank you, Rachel, for sending it in. Chelsea sends us an email. She says, I just listened to episode 104, and I thought it was interesting that in the episode that you uh, not only had a story of a lady who thought she could live off the sun, but also pointed out the failure of abstinence-only education and compared it to someone who would say, the only way to not gain weight was not to eat. I'm a registered dietitian and hear tons of absolutely crazy diets and methods to lose weight. The fact is, is that there are many people who think starvation like diets are totally reasonable way to lose weight. It's so funny because, you know, there's a lot of different types of nutters out there and the food nutters oh. are they're prevalent Man. and they get they get a lot of traction because, you know, there I don't think that there's a lot of really big skeptical activist dietitian type people out there yeah the, the food nutters are uh like a deep and like like they, they they're, they're aggressive about their food nuttery like i mean those some of those fucking people are just and you know when you run into one i mean you because they'll yeah. fucking tell you Food nutters are well, not quiet about their nut Well, And then there's, you know, I mean, there's all the fasting things oh, that they do. God, so the there's the fasting, fasting with the like the lemon juice and the cayenne oh, pepper or whatever. Right. And then there's also the, you know, the juicing diets. And then there's the, you know, and then there's all the other nuttery that goes along with dieting. Because, you know, the difficulty here is, is that, you know, we live in a culture now where we have access to calorie-rich foods at our fingertips no matter where we're at. Right. You know what I mean? Like, no matter what we're doing. And, you know, and a small, like a relatively small amount of money, um, you know, that that you have, you know, we're not spending half of our paychecks on food, you know, for most Americans, depending on, you know, obviously your income level. But, you know, if you're middle class or whatever, you're not spending an immense amount of money on food. You're spending, you know, a good portion of it, but not a ton. You know, the poorer you are, the more 
percentage of your money you're spending on food because you know food doesn't change depending on your income you know, the level, class right. of person you are. But you know there's a, there is that you know there is that that ability to get calorie rich foods and um, and we consume the shit out of them and then we all look for the magic bullet to get rid of it the you know the magic wand to say okay I want to you know I want to get rid of this 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 flab that I've have on me because we have this also sort of unhealthy obsession starting to become unhealthy obsession with you know you know not only do we have this unhealthy obsession with food but we also have this unhealthy obsession with starting to lose weight and that's another thing I think that's that's starting to become more in vogue now too, and I think that uh, that you know we are all looking for that fad diet that's going to be able to knock out that you know the drink grapefruit juice only or whatever it is that you're learning about. And I'm sure that you know as a dietitian you have to deal with that every day. Somebody coming in and being like, "Oh, I heard about this you know cheese pizza diet. Right. It's supposed <laughs> to be amazing." Cheese pizza diet. Yeah, <laughs> I've been on that for 15 that's, years. I've, what are you kidding me? I've been me? doing that when I roll up. I actually roll up a tombstone in a Red Baron pizza. That's not bad. That's a good idea. Yeah, it doubles yeah. up the healthy. Yeah, no, that's good. I actually fill that up like a burrito <laughs> and then eat it. <laughs> I just I fill the whole thing with chorizo. <laughs> My hands are completely wrapped in the entire process. Hang on, I need another spoonful of Crisco. Yeah. <laughs> So we got uh, the last email we got is a park dedicated to, and you guessed it, there's uh, two images of the Glory Hole. Um, it's a park called Glory Hole Park. It was sent in to us by Sin Meyer, and we're going to post these as the images for this week's show uh, when we post it next Monday. Tom, we're going to be on the road for the next show, and I think the next show is a big portion of the next show is going to be email, us talking about email and stuff, because uh, we're going to be on the road. We're probably not going to have a ton of time to do a lot of searches for stories. So we're probably going to tell you kind of what Tam's like, and we're also probably going to talk a little bit about uh, some stories, and then we're probably going to read a little email, and we're going to call it a night, because Tom and I will be way too drunk to be podcasting in the first place. I'm actually getting drunk now in anticipation, just (laughs) just, just to prep it out. You know, never say I don't do my research. So we're going to end the show today. Uh, last week, I forgot to mention that we were uh, ending it with uh, Kasha's. I did wind up adding it in afterwards, um, but we, I forgot when we were recording it. This time, I'm not going to forget. Eric uh, did a Skeptic's Creed, and we're going to listen to Eric's Skeptic's Creed right now. So thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be recording next time from Tam. Yes!
The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council. <laughs>